We are FBC Summit, leading everyday people to love Jesus and make Him known. Thank you so much for joining us today. I want to start off with a little disclaimer. Uh, if, I, if I mention something tonight that you're not familiar with, please don't Google it. Okay? <laughs> yeah, don't. Uh, but uh, more serious disclaimer, I uh, just want to start by saying technology is not all bad. Uh, I truly believe that technology uh, can be used uh, for God's glory. It can be used for good things. I believe it can be a fulfillment of the command to subdue the earth. But uh, we live in a fallen world, and so with that comes uh, some, some dangers and some things that, that we need to be aware of. I don't want tonight to be just hand-wringing and fear-mongering. Um, my hope is to convince you that uh, this is a topic worth our consideration. Um, gonna, if I were you, I would be asking, uh, you know, what's this guy, why, why is this guy standing up here? Uh, so I want to start by sharing three things that happened to me, uh, kind of in uh, short succession, about a year ago, it kind of led to this. Um, the first was uh, that I was uh, at home one night, I was reading an article about an app called Canopy. Is anybody familiar with Canopy app? Uh, so this is an app that helps block pornography. Uh, it's uh, pretty clever. Uh, what it does is it uses a VPN to uh, route all of your internet traffic through their system, and it uses AI to analyze all the images um, before they ever make it to your device, and they can, they can block it. So kind of a novel approach uh, to handling uh, the pornography issue. So anyway, so I'm, I'm reading this article, and of course it's talking about you know, how just ubiquitous pornography is, uh, how easily accessible it is, how common it is uh, for people to look at it. And I'm struck with this thought. Uh, will there be a little boy left for my little girls to marry whose view of sex hasn't been completely jacked up because of pornography. Now, we could discuss you know, whether or not that's a valid concern or a justified thought or if I'm being a little overdramatic. But nonetheless, that was, that was, that was my thought, and it, and it really scared me. And I, I began to think, is there anything that we can do about this? So that happened, and then not long after that, uh, there was a Wednesday night uh, over in the CLC where Brother Larry began to discuss, I actually don't remember what he was talking about uh, in particular, but he began to discuss uh, some of the, the dangers of the internet, particularly with children. Uh, he spent some time focusing on pornography and talking about how, you know, just how terrible that was. Uh, does anybody remember that? Maybe? Yeah. Uh, and, and I really felt like there was, in the room, like there was some concern, right? People were agreeing that like, this was a problem. And then we just prayed and walked out of there. And like that was it. Uh, and so I, I'm sitting there you know, thinking, hey, I think there might be something we could do. Uh, at, least, you know, at least try to do something to, to help with this. So I reached out to him and, and basically said, hey, I've got some ideas about some things we could do to at least attempt to combat this. Do you think anybody would care to hear what I have to say? Uh, so that happened. Uh, and then, uh, not long after that, uh, a friend of mine reached out to me. Uh, they have a, a teenager who had, uh, to put it lightly, gone off the rails online. Um, pornography, of course, um, had 
really deep into some gender ideology stuff that they had gotten into online. Uh, really uh, talking to, you know, adults that said they were teenagers, you know, typical stuff. Um, real dark, like, anime subculture stuff uh, that was, uh, I didn't even know that really existed. Um, so anyway, they were reaching out to me for some help on the tech side of things to see if I could help them kind of put up some, some protections around them. And so this, so obviously I said, yes, I'll help. Uh, this led to a, a deep dive into the issues and into the technology that's out there. Did my best to make myself as informed as possible and, and learned as much as I could so that I could help them. And I came away uh, from that experience uh, really with, with three big takeaways. One, it's really easy for parents to feel out of their depth when it comes to technology. Uh, number two, uh, the issue is way bigger than pornography. Uh, and then number three, the, there are some tools and some resources out there that, that can help. So I began to discuss this with Brian. Uh, I was kind of sharing with him some of the things I was learning. And I actually had been praying for a while about, you know, how could I use uh, this information to, to serve other people? And he and I kind of cooked up this idea of, of an equipping class. Uh, and so as he mentioned, tonight's kind of a, an overview, a preview of that, uh, and uh, trying to just give you some of the reasons behind why that might be uh, something that we want to look into. So as he mentioned, those last three Wednesday nights uh, in October, uh, we'll get together uh, and do that. So this is, uh, most people generally think this is a smartphone issue, and it is certainly, uh, but this is a much broader issue than just smartphones. Uh, any internet-connected device, right? Uh, gaming consoles, smart TVs, smart speakers, uh, anything that connects to the internet, you need to be aware of what's, what's going on there. So I've got uh, two kind of big overarching goals for the project, uh, awareness and information. In terms of awareness, uh, I'm just really trying to start a conversation right, within our church and with our families about how do we you know, begin to think about, ask questions about the most God-honoring way to use technology. And in terms of information, I just want to provide you with some resources, some tools that may be helpful as you consider you know, the best way to go about this uh, with your family. Got seven what I'm calling first principles, kind of framing this discussion around. I want to share those with you. Uh, the first is this: uh, the greatest danger to our children is not the internet. Right? It's not technology. It's not Snapchat. It's not TikTok. Uh, it's not sexting. It's not whatever uh, you want to call it. The greatest danger is inside of themselves, uh, and that's that's sin. Right? We, we don't want to lose sight of that, um, or or. You know, all of this just becomes behavior modification, right? It needs to be uh, deeper than that. And number two, uh, these tools, these things that we're going to be discussing, they can be helpful in shepherding our children, but they are not ultimately the answer. Um, we definitely need to be clear about the limits of, of the technologies. Uh, if, if you, if anybody, I don't know if anybody's delved into any of these uh, parenting apps and things, uh, they all promise the world, right? They're going to they're gonna protect your kids and just don't worry about it. Eh, maybe. Um, next, and this is really important, people need to hear this, you don't have to be a technology expert to make good technology decisions for your family. And number four, 
uh, different families are going to make different decisions, and, and that's okay. Right? I really believe this is a place where there's, there's some Christian freedom here, where we can uh, make different decisions, and that that'd be okay. Uh, kind of a corollary to that, number five, this discussion that's hopefully going to happen uh, can't be a pride-shame thing. Uh, right? If we begin to look down on other people for different decisions that they make, just going to be profoundly unhelpful. Um, we're the f- part of the first generation to parent through this particular technology, and so there's plenty for all of us uh, to learn as we go through here. And number six, if we as people who claim to be Christians use technology in the same way the world uses technology, you're going to get the same results the world gets. And the results the world's getting are not very impressive. And last, uh, the end goal of all of this is certainly not control, uh, it's training. Uh, our kids, your kids, uh, one, one day they're going to have a smartphone, they're going to have full internet access, right? Our job is to prepare them uh, to use that in a way that honors God and enriches their life. All right, now, why do we do this? Why, why does any of this matter? Well, the first uh, and most obvious boogeyman of the internet is pornography. And again, as I mentioned, uh, Brother Larry's talked about this some, uh, and, and it's, it's bad. Uh, anybody uh, just want to take a guess, a little audience participation, um, average age of first exposure? 11? 8? Anybody else want to? It's like price is right, like higher, lower, 5, maybe? Um, you're you're going to get different numbers. Uh, as you, if you look, try to look into this, uh, if you dare Google it, um, you're going to get different numbers. Admittedly, this is a hard thing to nail down. You know, what, you ask your 10-year-old, what are they going to say? N- no, I didn't, didn't look at that, right? Um, so a hard stat to nail down, but suffice it to say, whatever it actually is, it's lower than it needs to be, uh, and it's trending downward, uh, I, I would say. By 13... Pretty much assume exposure. Uh, pretty much, uh, maybe a few exceptions, uh, but I would say so. Um, now again, stats. You know, you see some different things. I thought I would try to get us some numbers a little closer to home. Uh, I reached out to Trey Hess, who's the the BSU leader at Southwest, and asked him, "Say, Trey, you know, over the last few years, as you've been you know dealing with students, interacting with students." How many of them have, have had struggles with pornography? And he gave me two numbers. He gave me a number for boys and a number for girls. Anybody want to guess at those? Boys? Yeah, nobody willing to guess? Yeah, I probably wouldn't want to guess either. Um, he said for boys, 100%. Just, yeah, 100%. Girls, 75. I know these were nice round numbers in between dips of spinach artichoke dip, right? Um, now, let me, let me clarify. I said struggle, right? Uh, I'm not, not at all trying to imply that all the students at the BSU are compulsive pornography users. Please don't hear me say that. Right? The point is, in the world that they live in, which is, it is very different than the world that all of you live in, except maybe you, your youngest person in the room, um, 
the world that they live in, pornography is just an ever-present reality. It's just there. Um, so if, if you were there at that age today, you'd be struggling with it too. Uh, it would be there. Um, another thing that's uh, so insidious with pornography is your kid may not be interested in it, but it's interested in your kid. All right, stats show that almost half of first exposures are accidental. In fact, there, there's some people sitting in this room that I've talked to. Uh, I was talking to them about this topic, and they said, hey, a week ago, our kid just stumbled on something, right? Um, so pop-up ads, anybody ever been sent just a spam link? Nobody? No, just me, okay. All right, I guess I'm on some list. Uh, yeah, so just random links, uh, sent to text messages, emails, get random links. I mean, something as simple as, you know, their friends sticking it in their face, right? That, that can happen. Um, you know, somebody airdrop it to their phone, right? If their airdrop's on, uh, that can happen. They, you know, get the preview and bam, there it is. Uh, so uh, definitely uh, access is, is an issue. Uh, but that's not the only thing. Uh, that's, that's different. Um, relative to, say, 20 years ago, maybe 30 years ago, um, pornography has changed. And now, I don't know this from personal experience, but there are people who study this, and according to them, uh, the content of pornography has changed. Uh, it's, it's much more extreme, much more transgressive, um, very violent, uh, you know, violence against women is just like a given almost in most pornography today. And uh, this can go a long way in warping somebody's view of sex. Sadly, I would say that the sin of lust is actually like a relatively small concern. Um, the issue is much more comprehensive than that. Uh, pornography presents uh, sexual encounters in such a way that a, a biblical sexual ethic is just almost outside the realm of possibilities. Uh, what I mean is, for somebody who, who learns about sex through pornography, I would say they're going to they're gonna lack even the mental framework to build a biblical sexual ethic upon. It's just it's that outside of the biblical norm. Because of that, I, I would suggest that there are future marriages that the erosion of those marriages is starting today, right, because of porn. They, they haven't even happened yet, and that erosion's beginning. Uh, I think that one of, the, one of the things, one of the best things we can do to protect the future marriages of our children is to protect them from pornography today. I think it's uh, very important. Okay, so uh, that's all pretty terrible. Um, there are some other issues, though. Some other things uh, that we want to think about. So some other concerns. Uh, this first one, changes in reading patterns. Uh, this is, most people aren't going to care about this one, um, but I do, and I'm the guy up here talking, so I'm going to talk about it. The way that information is, is packaged and presented online, uh, we read it, the way we read it is just inherently different than the way we read when we read a physical book. Um, I'm not arguing that it's necessarily bad, um, but it's just different. Right? It's different than, than a book. And 
not saying you can't do both well, but when your predominant way of interacting with text is online, there's at least the chance um, for that older way of reading, that other mode of reading a physical book, uh, to weaken. I would suggest that for people who uh, consider a book and the reading of that book to be fairly important, uh, we need to think about this. Uh, you know, how, is our, how are our reading patterns uh, for us and for our children, how are they uh, influencing the way that we read and understand the Bible? All right, next up, uh, the cyberbullying. You've probably all heard about this. Um, pretty self-explanatory. You know, kids uh, being jerks online, right? We all know people will say things online or they would never say in person. Right? That, that's, uh, we all have seen that. Um, so this cyberbullying can often be, uh, from an emotional level, much worse than in-person bullying. Another thing that's bad about it is uh, for a kid who goes home and has internet access, it can follow him home, right? If you got bullied as a kid, you go home and you take a break. You get a break from it. Um, but today, sometimes it's, it can be 24-7. Uh, next, uh, social media. So kind of related to the cyberbullying, a lot of times that's where much of that occurs is on social media. Uh, but that's not the only concern. A lot of studies coming out recently about the effects of social media on mental health. Uh, things like anxiety, depression, uh, body image issues. I don't know if anybody uh, followed the uh, so-called Facebook papers, the whistleblower. Anybody? Okay, just me again. Okay. Uh, so anyway, yeah, um, if anybody, anybody tracking or aware of mental health statistics for teenagers over the last couple of years? Just me, okay. Uh, they're not encouraging. Uh, they're, they're actually um, just, yeah, they're not good. So social media, some concerns there. Um, predators grooming, not going to say a whole lot about that. Uh, Suffice it to say, there are a lot of people online um, that would love to talk to your kid and maybe convince them to uh, send them some nude photos so they can blackmail them into sending them some more nude photos. Right? And so it begins this cycle. That's definitely something uh, that happens more often than we would like to know. Usage concerns, what I'm calling general usage concerns, this is by far the most difficult topic to address. Uh, what I'm calling usage, or some people may call screen time. What I mean is this. I get people in a church, and you say, kids shouldn't look at porn. Everybody's going to say, yes, that's right. All right everybody's going to agree on that. That's easy. Um, but when you start talking about things like, hey, when should a kid get a phone? Or how long should they be on that phone? Right? Or what should they be doing while they're on it? Everybody's, it's going to be really tough to agree on that. And like I said, when I first started thinking about doing, doing this, uh, I thought there's no way I'm standing up in front of a group of people and addressing that. It's, just, it's too personal. It's too sensitive. I'm just going to talk about pornography. But the more I thought about it, the more I considered it, I said it, it's too important not to mention. Right, now, let me remind you, like one of my first principles, right, different families make different decisions. I'm not trying to be prescriptive here in what I'm doing, 
uh, but just trying to encourage you to think about uh, these issues and approach them intentionally. So along the lines of that usage, I want to show you a couple of things. Uh, The first is from a study from 2019, a group called Common Sense Media. They surveyed a bunch of teenagers and a bunch of tweens, which are apparently 8 to 12-year-olds. And uh, these are the screen times, on average, uh, that those uh, kids had. So for the 8 to 12-year-olds, they averaged 4 hours and 45 minutes, and the teens averaged 7 hours and 22 minutes. And so I've been... um, so I, I teach at Southwest, for those of you who don't know. I've been uh, this week kind of informally polling some of my students on, on this question, and it's spot on. I mean, you know, four hours, five hours, six hours, eight hours, no big deal. A lot of them hitting those, those marks. Now, those are averages. Here's something a little more granular. Uh, I think paint, paints a better picture of what's going on. Right, but even if, let's just say four hours. Let's be generous, four hours. Because they all started giving me these caveats of like, well, I have YouTube on, and I'm not really, not really watching it, I'm listening to it, so does that really count, right? So even at four hours, if you're spending four hours, six hours, every day, doing anything, it matters, right? It matters because uh, it's shaping you, right? It's shaping uh, your view of the world, it's shaping your view of yourself, uh, and those, those things matter uh, greatly. All right, next thing I want to show you is something from Pine Grove. I don't, y'all f- are familiar with Pine Grove. That's an uh, addiction and uh, kind of mental health treatment facility in Hattiesburg. And uh, we're not going to be able to go to the site up here, but if, if someone would be so kind as to scan the QR code for us, this is their conditions treated page. Um, I don't know, audience participation has been pretty, pretty minimal here. Uh, so I don't know if anybody will do it. Um, yeah, that's it. Uh, so if you, if you start scrolling down the conditions that they treat, you know, alcoholism, uh, I think there's uh, maybe sex addiction, there's uh, mental health, you know, psych- psychiatric issues, um, drug addiction, and if you scroll all the way down to the bottom, what do you get? Technology addiction. And so, all right, I'll ask another question that nobody's going to know the answer to. Is anybody, anybody familiar with the movie Reefer Madness? Nobody. Oh, man. You guys are <laughs> tough crowd tonight. Yeah, yeah, these are all things. Now, you could Google that. It's, it's a movie from, like, the 30s, uh, so it was still pretty clean. Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, anyway, the point was, but this doesn't mean anything to you, is that I'm not trying to say that this is reefer madness for cell phones, okay? Um, The point that I'm trying to make by by showing you this is that apparently, this, this, whatever, technology addiction, whatever this is, it happens, you know, it's serious enough and happens with enough frequency that Pine Grove has a dedicated program to it. Like, there's a market for it. Um, now, maybe I'm reading it wrong. I don't know. Somebody tell me if I'm reading this wrong. Um, that tells me that, that this is something, that this, this technology topic is something we need to take seriously, uh, that we need to give some, some thought to. Mm-hmm. 
All right, uh, long-term healthy device relationship. Now, this isn't a, is not a concern. This is actually what we're going for, right? This is what we want. Um, we want technology to be something that our kids learn to use uh, so that they can uh, use it in a way that, uh, you know, contributes to their flourishing. We don't want it to be a thing that controls and dominates their life. I'll tell you, uh, I have, I'll tell you this sometimes, in my classes at Southwest, I have, I have two types of students, two types. Uh, one, the student that can actually put their phone down and pay attention, and the other, they just can't. They, they, I, I really don't believe they can. Um, they look at the phone the whole time, and guess what grade they get? <laughs> That's an easy question. Uh, yeah, they usually don't do very well. So certainly uh, the tech side of things is, is important. We want to spend some time talking about that. Uh, but also want to try to begin to think a little bit bigger picture, uh, what I'm calling uh, digital discipleship. So to get us kind of heading down, thinking that way, i got a few questions to, to present. These are rhetorical. Okay, uh, I've, Since gathering the audience here, I've changed all my questions to rhetorical. Yeah, that was a joke. That was a joke. Uh, all right, so first, what should, what should the Christian's relationship with the Internet look like? Like, have we even thought about that? Right, how is your um, Internet use, your device use, how is that influencing uh, the way that, uh, you know, your walk with Christ, how is that influencing your faith, how is it influencing the relationships within our church body? You know, are we thinking about those things? And then, what does it look like to bring to bear the, the full counsel of Scripture onto our technology use? Right? Could it be that the Bible has more to say about it than uh, be nice online and don't look at porn? Right? So, again, something I'm kind of, kind of asking here. And can I convince you that this is a discipleship issue? Uh, I would argue that going forward, uh, this is one of the most important discipleship issues uh, that we're facing. When, when you're spending that much time looking at whatever it is you're doing, right, that's, in a way, discipling you. Uh, it's shaping you. And so I think this is very much a discipleship issue. And then can I convince you this is a stewardship issue? Right? So particularly of your time and your attention, And then can I convince you that uh, this isn't just an issue for children and teens, right? This is uh, an issue for all of us. So I don't know if I've convinced you or not. Now, so here are a couple of things uh, just specifically that I'm going to try to cover in the class. I'll run through these. I'm not going to spend too much time on them. <clears throat> uh, but differences in operating systems and why that matters when you're, you're trying to kind of, uh, get a handle on this. I know I was talking to a parent, and I asked them if their child, did, did they have an Android or an Apple? And they said, what's, what's that? And I was like, yeah, we, we got a problem here. Uh, uh, network versus uh, on-device filtering, so like DNS filters versus VPN filters. Uh, different device alternatives, right? So is it, you know, if, if you think, like, my kid needs to be able to call me after practice, Right, do they really need an iPhone 14? 
don't know, right? Different families are going to make different decisions, and that's okay. Uh, we'll take a look at some of the different parenting apps that are out there, right? What they can do, uh, what they can't do, more importantly, perhaps. Talk about some low-tech solutions, just some like best practice kind of things. Uh, we'll look at some of the really clever things that kids do to get around these parenting apps and restrictions and things. They are, they are incredibly uh, inventive. Uh, we'll talk about the business model of the Internet and why that's important. And then maybe um, one of the things I'm most excited about is uh, hearing from other parents, um, getting parents uh, together in a room to discuss this. Because um, from what I gather, you know, of the kids out there that do have restrictions on their phone, 100% of them report they're the only kid with restrictions on their phone, right? Which is, which is not true, right? They, they just, they're telling their parents that. Uh, so I think some uh, kind of getting together and supporting each other uh, in this uh, is, is important. Uh, so this is not going to be, you know, 10 quick tips to lock down your kid's iPhone, um, instead, I want this to be uh, much more comprehensive than that. Right? How do we begin to, you know, as, as parents, as families, as a church, uh, think about this issue so that in the next 5, 10, 15 years, uh, we're doing the best that we can uh, to help people uh, live their Christian life well in this future that's ahead of them. You know, I don't have all the answers. Um, my oldest is seven. I'm just getting started, okay? Uh, maybe you're in a similar situation. If you are, uh, I would say it's never too early to start thinking about this. Uh, so please, you know, come join us. Uh, maybe, maybe your kids are older, right, and you've been uh, kind of fighting this, you've been in the trenches for a while. Please come join us, okay? I need to hear from you. Right? There are other young parents that need to hear from you. Uh, learn from your experiences uh, so that we can... Uh, I try to do this well. So last three Wednesday nights in October, um, right over here in Annex, what number? 106. Um, come join me, and we'll see what we can get figured out. Thank you. I'll turn it back over to Brian. Thanks for listening to FBC Summit. We are leading everyday people to love Jesus and make Him known. For more information, visit our website, fbcsummit.org.